verses 4 through 21. If you would like to follow along in your pew Bibles, the passage may be found on page 123 in the New Testament section. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We celebrate the written word of Scripture. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Hi everybody, I'm Chris. I've been working as an activity coordinator at a local skilled nursing facility. I imagined I would enjoy this type of job because I like doing lots of different things and I like being with people and having fun. What's not to like? So, I took a class at the College of Marin and became a certified activity professional. Our teacher, Betsy Best Martini, was an excellent resource and encouragement. Activity coordinators usually plan and manage leisure activities and coordinate community resources. Programming should consider the social, emotional, cognitive, and physical needs abilities and interests of the participants. 
Some of the skills needed are a positive attitude, good communication skills, and sensitivity to people's issues and feelings. A good sense of humor really helps. I never thought I wanted to work with severely challenged individuals in a secured setting, but that was the work that became available to me. There are 12 patients living 24-7 where I work, conveniently in my hometown of Fairfax, who have medically complex injuries or illnesses, such as traumatic brain injuries or spinal cord injuries. Most of the patients cannot move, speak, or eat. Several don't speak the same language as me. Probably, they are not able to perceive things the way they once did, or the way I do. They are almost all men. It's challenging for me to find appropriate activities. <laughs> Often, I wonder how I'm going to fill our time together. Sometimes, I just feel like a deer in the headlights. Usually, I take people for walks outdoors for fresh air and sunshine. This is me pushing their wheelchairs. I play dominoes with a person who doesn't speak the same language as me, or speak at all, actually. I call bingo, I order birthday cakes, I schedule musical guests and pet visits. I cut fingernails and massage hands, give haircuts, I color, sing, read the horoscopes, tap on a healing drum, and help others to try to do that too. I pray for them. Basically, I just show up and participate in the lives of others, just being present amid the tangles of suffering and healing. I always walk in the door praying for God's help, and at the end of our time together, I walk out relieved and thanking God for the opportunities I've been given. So I think basically it's what some people call a ministry of presence. And I looked up this little um, quotation by Henry Nowen, talking about his own ministry. I paraphrased it a little bit to be closer to mine. More and more, I like to simply walk around, greet people, sit around the table with them and chat. It feels like a privilege to practice this simple ministry of being present. Still, maybe it's not as simple as it seems. My own desire to be useful, to do something significant, or to be part of some impressive project is so strong. It's difficult not to have plans, not to organize around an urgent cause, and not to feel that you are working directly for social progress. But I wonder more and more if the first thing shouldn't be to know people by name, to eat and drink with them, listen to and tell your stories, and let them know you enjoy being with them. Amen. Good morning.
in order to reflect on what calls me into the work that I do, I first had to begin with how I got to today. Today, just two days before I began my second year of seminary here in San Anselmo, some 2,388 miles from the place I spent the first 26 and a half years of life. For those of you who might not know, I grew up outside of Montgomery, Alabama, in a small rural town named Pentlala. It's what you'd imagine a small rural town in Alabama to look like. A scattering of churches centered around a one red light and a one-stop gas station slash auto shop slash convenience store slash pharmacy slash lawn repair slash monogram store slash the best hot dog stand in lower Alabama, which we also refer to as L.A. There in Pintlala, my faith was nurtured by my family. My parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, neighbors, aunts and uncles come to realize that church wasn't church unless your family was there with you. It was at Pentlala Baptist that I was the youngest of three generations to play in the church handbell choir. And it was there that I professed at a young age that I felt a calling to ministry. While this calling event feels a little too evangelical for my new Presbyterian outlook, it has still shaped me because of the relationships that it established between me and the church. And while church and I have not always gotten along, it is where I ultimately feel at most home. And it is where my work is to be done. Because church is where I always find my family. Now, as I've gotten older, my definition of family has ultimately grown and expanded. And I think our scripture this morning calls us to celebrate the diversity of our church family. Becoming the director of family ministries here at First Presbyterian Church of San Anselmo honestly feels like a perfectly fit for me and my calling. In this role, I feel that it is my utmost responsibility to nurture and foster relationships with young ones, as well as ones young at heart. This is the work that I am called to do, to engage students in their faith as they connect to God and to the world around them. One of the primary ways of doing this is through the practice of telling stories. In fact, that is the main idea behind our godly play curriculum, to tell the sacred stories of our faith. Jerome Berryman, creator of Godly Play, has this to say about stories. Stories are where all of us, children and adults together, find our identity, our family. Stories are where we challenge the deadly messages of the powers that be, whether greed and overwork or poverty and powerlessness. 
that would rob our lives of relationships and meaning. Stories are where we integrate the experiences of our life into powerful acts of recognition, celebration, and meaning as we make our way through time and space. Through story, we invite one another to make meaning of our world and ultimately of our lives. Now, as I continue to do this work, I must confess that I cannot do it alone. As we saw just last week with the wonderful baptisms of Lorna and Cecilia, it takes a family and a church family to bring up a child in the traditions of our faith. Our family ministries has many ways that you, yes you, can plug in to this work. First, you can volunteer to be a second presence in our godly play class starting up next week. This requires no prep work on your end, I promise. Uh, but it is a time for you to sit and re- reflect with our young ones about the stories that we share in class. Many thanks to Ann Toller and Bill Nicholson, who have already volunteered to help this fall. Another opportunity would be to host the youth one Sunday night for a gathering we are calling Home Group, a time for students to gather around the dinner table with a church family to share a meal and fellowship. After dinner, we will be having a discussion around the theme, Belonging. And again, thanks to Walt and Libby Davis and Al and Joan Flood for volunteering to be a home uh, home group host. If you are interested in any of these opportunities to join in this important work, feel free to see me during coffee hour later on today. I'd like to end by giving thanks to each of you for allowing me to join in this church family to do the work that I'm called to do. Amen. Good morning, I'm Lisa Cosby. I've been a member of this church for almost 20 years so many of you know parts of my story. Starting in the late 1980s, I worked at PG&E in San Francisco for 19 years as an auditor, electric rate designer, and energy efficiency contract manager. I was happy to be able to work on energy efficiency and help businesses use less electricity for my last few years there but the work environment was very stressful. Around that time, I went on the first mission trip our church took to Gulfport, Mississippi to work on Hurricane Katrina rebuilding. I was initially interested in going on the trip that Carl and Joan Basor led because I'm a news hound and I wanted to see it for myself. In the course of being there, I realized that it was very fulfilling to be there helping. 
At the end of the week, I could relate to the words of a Bob Dylan song, I forgot what I came here to get away from. After the first three mission trips with our church, in 2008, I sold my condo, took a leave of absence from PG&E, and went to Mississippi to be a long-term volunteer. I felt called to do this work as I went joyfully and without hesitation. After a few months, I felt that my initial role there was done, and I felt the pull to return to California. And I came back and worked for a nonprofit that helped children in Nepal. At this nonprofit in Sausalito, I started as a volunteer in the busy December giving season, and I was offered a job after the first month because another employee was leaving. I worked on the donor database and with the financial documents. I was in this job for over seven years, and I felt like God led me to it, partly because every step of getting this job was wide open. This gave me an opportunity to play some part in relieving the great humanitarian needs in Nepal. Eventually, I needed to change jobs again due to personality conflicts in the small U.S. office. For the past three years, I've been working at the California Public Utilities Commission in San Francisco. The steps to getting this job also flowed very easily. My work experience on the database at the nonprofit and my years at PG&E led me to this job. My job now is mostly focused on how we can transition to having more renewable power plants in the state and fewer fossil fuel power plants. I work with a large team of people who do a lot of math, statistics, and modeling to forecast our future electric generation mix. It seems like a very good blend of a mission that I embrace and a team of people that I feel happy to be a part of. I've kept doing mission trips with our church throughout the years, and our most recent trip was to Puerto Rico last fall. I have had a lot of ups and downs in my career and have questioned what I should be doing with my time. And for many years, I would have had a hard time saying where I felt God's presence in the workplace. I think in the early years, God's presence was in giving me a secure job with decent people. In the past few years, I've started to see that God's presence has been in my interactions with many of the people I work with. The work could be very dry if not for the personal interactions. Even a brief conversation lifts my spirits. Sometimes I work all day by myself, but if I have lunch in the break room with some of my coworkers, I feel better all afternoon. So in all my jobs, I've found that God is there in the pathways that open up, in the people, and in the opportunities to help others. Amen.